according to the August. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for September 3rd, 2022 Saturday reading of the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Colorado abortion providers protected by the state, strained by flood of patients from states limiting or ending reproductive rights. By Karina Julig. Adams County names first executive director of newly established health department by Kara Mason. Community College of Aurora upgrades security on Center Tech campus by Karina Julig. Colorado Public Defenders launch union drive over workloads by Jesse Bedane. And following up with miscellaneous articles. Colorado abortion providers protected by the state strained by flood of patients from states limiting or ending reproductive rights by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, September 1st, 2022. When Kansas voters rejected an amendment that would have removed the right to an abortion from the state constitution by a margin of 18 percentage points on August 2nd, Adrian Mancinaris was so excited that she literally screamed out loud. Mancinaris is the CEO of Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, which serves Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, and Southern Nevada. To her, the vote was a triumphant reminder of how many people support a woman's right to choose. But later that night, Mancinaris's mood turned from elation into relief that the vote hadn't gone the other way. If it did, quote, I don't think we could pick up the slack, unquote, she said. There's a sentiment echoed by healthcare providers across the metro area who told the Sentinel that Colorado's strong abortion protections haven't been able to shield it from the strain being placed on the reproductive health care system in a post-Roe landscape since the Supreme Court voted by a 6-3 margin on June 24th to overturn Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 decision conferring the right to an abortion. Colorado has seen an influx of patients coming in from out of the state to receive the procedure. In 1967, Colorado became the first state in the nation to decriminalize abortion under certain circumstances, and it is currently one of just a few states with no term limits on abortion access. With the exception of New Mexico, it is now entirely surrounded by states where abortion is either heavily restricted or banned. The state has a well-mobilized coalition of abortion rights groups, which have been fighting to preserve and expand access to reproductive health care in Colorado for years leading up to this decision. According to abortion advocacy group Cobalt, 44 attempts to restrict abortion access in Colorado have failed in the last decade. Colorado abortion rights supporters got their biggest victory this spring when the Colorado legislature passed the Reproductive Health Equity Act, 
which guarantees the right to an abortion in state law. Quote, women's right to choose is now protected in Colorado, unquote. Governor Jared Polis said as he signed the bill into law April 4th. But the state's strong abortion protections can't protect it from the nationwide aftershocks caused by the fall of Roe v. Wade. Abortion advocates and healthcare professionals say that Coloradans are already feeling the brunt of the national restriction on abortion access in ways that will have a deleterious effect on the quality of reproductive care no matter where they live. At a listening session at the CU Anschutz School of Medicine campus last week with Congressman Jason Crow, a Centennial Democrat, Dr. Christina Take, who works at Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, described this situation as a public health crisis. Quote, there is a ripple effect where if those appointment times are out three weeks, it doesn't matter if you're from Texas, Nebraska, South Dakota, or right down the street in Denver, unquote, she said. The stream of out-of-state patients started to increase at the beginning of the pandemic when Texas used quarantine laws to heavily restrict abortion, Mancinara said. Then it widened when the state passed a law last September, banning the procedure as early as six weeks, before many women even realized they're pregnant. And since the overturn of Roe, the stream has become a flood. As of early August, she said one-third of patients coming to Planned Parenthood locations in Colorado for abortions were from other states, and fully one-half in New Mexico. Those numbers are borne out of data from Cobalt, which provides financial aid for abortions, as well as associated transportation costs such as childcare, hotel rooms, and travel expenses. In the first month after the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health decision was released, the organization provided support to 168 people. Of those, 5% were Colorado residents and 64% were from Texas. In the month after Dobbs, Cobalt provided over $50,000 for abortion procedures and over $100,000 in support for related expenses in what spokesperson Laura Chapin described in an email as an exponential increase. Usually, Mancinaris said she likes to schedule people for appointments at Planned Parenthood no later than three days after they reach out. But with the current volume of demand, Providers say appointments for just about anything are about two to three weeks out. Quote, when we are literally overrun with patients who need abortion services, patients can't get in to see us for birth control, cancer screenings, wellness exams, or emergency contraception, unquote, Take said. Quote, if our wait times are over three weeks to get an appointment, those patients are also waiting, unquote. That's been a blow to Mancinaras, who said it takes away from the walk-in community-oriented approach that Planned Parenthood tries to provide. Quote, 
I want people in Aurora to be able to go shopping in town center of Aurora Mall and walk across and get health care that they need, unquote, she said. Quote, that is not, unfortunately, our current reality, unquote. It's a change that haunts Roy Taylor. At the listening session, he spoke about a visit he and his wife, Christina, made to CU Anschutz five years ago for the 20-week ultrasound of their third child. Instead of the routine procedure they were expecting, the couple found out their son had bilateral renal agenesis, a rare and fatal disease where the kidneys fail to develop in utero. The couple got an MRI to confirm the diagnosis as soon as possible, and they decided to have an abortion procedure called induction and delivery, which would not have been legal at the time in their former home in Texas. Christina was induced and their son died shortly after the procedure. Quote, if we had that same situation now, how long would we have to wait for each step? Unquote. Roy said he wonders. The couple had insurance, support, and what Roy described as stellar care from their team at Anschutz. But it was still an extremely difficult experience. The procedure being illegal or much slower to receive would have made it so much worse. Since the ordeal, the Taylors have gone on to have two more children and have shared their experience with the press to help publicize the realities of abortion. Quote, the notion of the state coming in and intruding on these moments is so abhorrent and scary, unquote, Roy said. Drawing medicine into elections. The repeal of Roe has also changed the political landscape as politicians' views on the procedure have become a flashpoint in the upcoming midterm elections. Polis, who is running for re-election as Democrat, condemned the repeal and in July signed an executive order strengthening protections for abortion providers who may be at risk of prosecution in other states. His opponent, Republican Heidi Ganahl, says on her campaign website that she is pro-life but supports exceptions in, quote, the rare and terrible instances of rape, incest, and the life of the mother and child, unquote. The website describes R-H-E-A, the new state law, as, quote, disgusting, unquote, and says that if elected Ganahl, quote, will do everything in her power to change her, our current abortion law, unquote, but does not discuss what alternate legislation she would like to have in place, if any. Abortion has been discussed in the Colorado Senate race where Democratic incumbent Michael Bennett is campaigning against Republican Joe Odea. Odea has taken heat from both the right and the left for his views on abortion. During the primary, he was criticized by his far-right opponent Ron Hanks for being too lenient on the issue, and in the general, the Bennett campaign is currently claiming that he is presenting himself as more moderate on abortion than he actually is. In August, Odia told the Colorado Sun that he supported abortion being legal through 20 weeks of pregnancy and afterward only in cases of rape and incest or when a mother's life is at risk.
He also told The Sun that he voted for a failed 2020 ballot measure that would have limited the procedure to 22 weeks without exceptions. He was criticized for the admission by pro-choice politicians and activists. Quote, the new revelation that Odea voted to impose an abortion ban in Colorado without exception for rape or incest only underscores how his misleading campaign rhetoric clashes with his true record, unquote. Colorado Democrats said in an August 23rd statement to reporters. Odia's campaign website says that he opposed Roe v. Wade being overturned and that he supports abortion early in pregnancy but opposes, quote, elective late-term abortion, unquote, and taxpayer funding for abortion and supports a parental notification requirement for minors. The site also lists a letter from pro-life Republicans urging voters to support Odia in the primary even if they believe his views on abortion are too moderate. At the listening session, Crow said that he is an, quote, unequivocal supporter of women's rights to health care and privacy and autonomy, unquote, and that he would continue to advocate for abortion access at the national level. In Congress, he said he is currently exploring data privacy protection and working with colleagues to ensure that women in the armed forces have access to abortion care. Navy veteran Stephen Monahan is currently running against Crow in the race for Colorado's 6th Congressional District. Monahan, a Republican, does not have any information about abortion listed on his campaign website. Even Women with Rights Experiencing Abortion Restriction Wrongs Anxiety and Fear those are the two words that come to mind when Dr. Nanette Santaro considers the impact of the abortion bans being implemented in states across the country. Quote, this has set off not just a constitutional law bomb, but just a bomb within the medical field, unquote, said Santoro, who is the chair of CU Anschutz's Obstetrics and Gynecology Department. Santoro said the hospital's family planning clinic, where it administers abortions, has seen a rise in people coming in for long-term birth control, and she expects to see a spike in people receiving medication abortion, which is effective in the early weeks of pregnancy. Anschutz has a diverse faculty, and she said not everyone on staff has the same beliefs about abortion. However, she said they are largely in agreement that it should not be a legislative matter. Quote, Taking it out of a doctor-patient relationship is very worrisome to many of us, unquote, she said. As one of the most comprehensive hospitals in the region, Santoro said Anschutz already saw many difficult cases that other hospitals were not equipped to care for. Now, some of the treatment they provide would be illegal in other states. She specifically noted the case of twin-to-twin -twin transfusion syndrome, where in severe instances one fetus in utero has to be aborted to keep both of the twins from dying. There are many situations where a pregnancy can become dangerous very rapidly, Santoro said. 
If doctors don't have the necessary skills on how to perform an abortion or don't know if they legally can without threat or arrest, the mother's life could be placed in danger. Quote, it can be a very acute, sudden situation and you don't have a lot of time to take care of business, unquote, she said. With the new laws going into effect in some states, Santoro said many patients are arriving to receive abortion care later in their pregnancies, which increases the risks of complications. There's also a lot of fear from both patients and doctors about whether they could be at risk of facing prosecution in states that have now banned the procedure. She doesn't always know what to tell them. Quote, My job as a chair is to protect my doctors and keep them safe. Unquote, she said. Quote, We don't know from our end whether a neighboring state might choose to go after one of my doctors if they set foot in the state. Unquote. Some doctors in states that now ban abortion have simply closed their practices out of fear, and she's worried that the Roe overturn will drive down maternal health outcomes across the board. A recent study from the University of Colorado found that banning abortion could increase maternal deaths in the U.S. by 24%, with larger increases for black women. The school's OBGYN department teaches how to administer abortions as part of its rotation, with individual students having the right to opt out something that medical students in places where abortion is now banned will have to scramble to access. Anschott's assistant professor, Dr. Aaron Lazerwitz, said that the department has already been contacted by schools in other parts of the country asking if it can help educate their OBGYN residents. Quote, We've had programs from Texas and Oklahoma reach out to ask, Can you help train our residents? because we can't train them anymore, unquote, he said, quote, and unfortunately we can't, unquote. The school is looking into ways it can help, but it can only safely accommodate a certain number of residents at a time, and its first priority has to be its own residents, he said. The school expects to see an increase in applications in the coming year as medical school students and residents gravitate towards programs in non-restrictive states. That's how he ended up at Anschutz. A native of Texas, Laserwitz went to medical school in Dallas but knew in order to receive the abortion training he wanted as part of the care he hoped to provide, he'd need to go out of state. That was back in 2012. Now, he said the situation is much worse. The desire to receive abortion training is what brought Carrie Motley to the Denver metro area as well. A first-year OBGYN resident physician from St. Louis, Missouri, Motley started her internship the week that the Dobbs decision was announced. She was anticipating that Roe would be overturned when she was applying for residencies last fall and specifically asked programs how they would teach residents about abortion if it became illegal. Quote, I was framing a lot of my questions in terms of when Roe is overturned, what is your plan for getting your residents abortion training? Unquote, she said. 
and some of the programs were able to answer that and some of them weren't. Colorado's strong abortion protections were a large part of what drew her to the state. As much as part of her wanted to go home, the training she needs is now no longer legal in Missouri. From her perspective as a doctor, Motley said it's been frustrating to see abortion be taken out of the realm of healthcare and into the realm of politics. There are many times where abortion is necessary to save the life of a pregnant person, she said, which makes it dangerous to restrict being taught. Quote, it's like if you had a GI doctor who didn't learn how to do colonoscopies, unquote, she said. Quote, it's been so stigmatized politically that it's become this thing that people are so afraid of talking about. But from our perspective, it's just another part of the care we provide every single day, and we should be able to provide that care without restriction, unquote. Adams County Names First Executive Director of Newly Established Health Department by Kara Mason, Sentinel Managing Editor, September 2nd, 2022. Aurora. The newly established Adams County Board of Health selected Kelly Weidenbach this week to serve as the agency's first executive director. Weidenbach has been acting as the transition director since February ensuring that the county is ready to take over public health services when the Tri-County Health Department, which has served Adams, Arapahoe, and Douglas counties for more than 50 years, dissolves at the beginning of 2023. As a result, Aurora, which sits in all three counties, will have three public health agencies overseeing policy in the city. Adams County Commissioners voted to leave the health agency last fall after Douglas County Commissioners first opted out of the department to form their own. In December, Arapahoe County Commissioners decided to follow suit. County Commissioners said prior to their vote in October that leaving Tri-County would, quote, give us an opportunity to focus on the specific needs of our residents and invest dollars in the areas that need it most, unquote. Weidenbach said in a statement to media that health equity is among her top priorities in the position that will serve a minority-majority population, which the county said in a news release has, quote, faced compounding issues the new health department plans to address, unquote. Quote, we often talk about raising the voices of communities and populations that may have been historically undervalued, underrepresented, and who experience adverse or disproportionate outcomes, unquote, Weidenbach said. Quote, we will also be really looking around recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, looking at places where the community may have lost traction on important health issues such as mental health, substance abuse, and physical and mental well-being, unquote. Adams County reports that one in four residents say they are in, quote, poor, unquote, mental health, and the suicide rate in the county is about 10% higher than the national average. Prior to working with the new county health agency, 
Weidenbach served as the Director of Planning and Information Management at the Tri-County Health Department and worked as an Executive Director at a health department in Wyoming. She has a doctorate degree in public health and health policy and management from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and a master's degree in public health and epidemiology from Emory University. Community College of Aurora upgrades security on Center Tech campus by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, September 2, 2022. Aurora. The Community College of Aurora is in the final stages of completing security upgrades to its Center Tech campus, which will include increased external cameras and lighting along with code blue stations. Quote, it's been really exciting to go through this whole process, unquote, said Travis Hogan, Director of Campus Safety and Security. When he first started working at CCA about five years ago, Hogan said there were almost no external cameras on campus, which made it difficult to determine how much foot traffic the campus got overnight and left it more vulnerable to theft and vandalism. The college submitted a controlled maintenance request to the state for upgrades, but shortly afterward the COVID-19 pandemic started throwing higher education and government into emergency mode. Hogan figured the college had missed its chance, but to his surprise, the request was approved for $1.3 million. The college's cabinet also contributed some money to the project for a total of $1.5 million. With that money, the college began installing many more interior and exterior cameras on campus going from about 65 to 220. It also replaced all the lighting in its parking lots and pathways in order for there to be enough light for the cameras to function properly, said Hogan, who noted that light has also shown to be one of the biggest deterrents of crime. In addition to lighting, the college has also installed five emergency code blue stations throughout its campus which have a button that people can press to be immediately connected to a 911 operator. The upgrades took place only at CCA's Center Tech campus, as the buildings on its Lowry campus are rented from the Colorado Community College system, which is directly in charge of security at that location. The CCCS did a similar upgrade that was smaller in scope recently, Hogan said. He said that the caliber of upgrades have earned praise from people who work in the state's government and some at Aurora's Raytheon location, which is just across the street from CCA. Quote, it's really exciting to have a system like this at such a small institution, but it just goes to show how much CCA takes pride in the safety of our students and staff, unquote, Hogan said. Upgrades began in August 2021 and were mostly finished in April and May, with a few IT upgrades still ongoing. 
As part of the project, the college increased the amount of server storage space it has to accommodate footage from the additional security cameras, as well as to prepare in advance for the new STEM building that the college will break ground on later this month. During the pandemic, there were some theft on campus, including a stolen vehicle, but Hogan said that since installing the cameras and lights it has not had any major incidents take place. The cameras allowed the security team to have eyes on the building at night, since unlike a residential campus, people are not present 24-7. The college has a good working relationship with local law enforcement, Hogan said, and if they see something out of the ordinary in the footage, they can have someone come over to take a look at it. Despite their close relationship, the campus security team isn't law enforcement. Quote, one of my phrases I always say is, we're a resource, not a police force, unquote, Hogan said. Another change that's taken place over the past year is a shift in the security team's uniform. When Hogan took the reins as security director, the six-person team wore uniforms similar to what police wore and carried batons and pepper spray. CCA prides itself on having one of the most diverse student bodies in Colorado, with students from 65 different countries who have, quote, a lot of different lived experiences with law enforcement, unquote, Hogan said. He noticed some discomfort from students who mistook the team for police and decided to, quote, take down the tone, unquote, a little bit. After receiving approval from the college's leadership team, Hogan switched the uniform to jeans with polo shirts that say campus security on them. Quote, Since then, folks know when they see us that we're CCA security, unquote, Hogan said. Quote, We're there to help them. We're there to assist them. If they've done something wrong, we're not going to arrest them, unquote. If there is an issue that arises to the criminal level, they can get in touch with their law enforcement partners quickly, Hogan said. But even when students do break the code of conduct, quote, it's not a real adversarial system, unquote. Quote, we want that restorative justice, unquote, he said. Quote, we not only want the person to be accountable for what they did, but to restore that space to the way it was before so the student is not negatively impacted. Unquote. Colorado Public Defenders Launch Union Drive Over Workloads by Jesse Bedane, Associated Press Report for America, September 1st, 2022. Denver. Fed up with immense workloads, Colorado's public defenders launched a unionization drive on Thursday hoping to organize attorneys, paralegals, investigators, social workers, and administrative staff even though Colorado law blocks them from collective bargaining. If successful, the Defenders Union of Colorado would join unions in Minnesota and Pennsylvania to become one of the few public defense staff unions in the country. The effort to organize follows a chaotic year for courthouses in Colorado, with pandemic delays pushing backlogged jury trials handled by both public and private attorneys 
up from around 2,700 on a typical year to roughly 14,600 in 2021, the Denver Post reported. Quote, Every day you write yourself this to-do list that can't possibly be done in a single day, unquote, said Kiyomi Balik, a lead deputy public defender and co-chair of the organizing committee. Nearly 40% of regional managers for the state's public defender's office left their posts in the last 18 months, Balik said. Quote, we are dropping like flies. People need hope. People need a reason to believe this is going to change, unquote, Bollock said. The same effect has been felt across the country. Oregon's understaffed public defender's office begged private attorneys to take cases as some defendants sat jailed without representation for months, while Minnesota's public defenders threatened a strike on nearly unprecedented action for public defense attorneys over high caseloads and low pay in March. Partly in response to the havoc caused by the pandemic, President Joe Biden earlier this year took executive action attempting to ensure Americans have better access to legal representation, rebuilding services that decayed during the Trump administration. In Colorado, Bollock said around 750 employees would be eligible to join the Defenders Union of Colorado, affiliated with the Communications Workers of America, Local 7799. Even though Colorado law doesn't offer judicial employees a legal avenue to collectively bargain, quote, our belief is that no one has to grant a worker the right to unionize, unquote, said Bollock. Quote, that is fundamental and has been born out of centuries of worker exploitation in our history, unquote. Maureen Kane, Director of External Communications for the Office of the Colorado State Public Defender, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Those leading the charge hope they can build enough political momentum to pressure the state legislator to pass a law rolling back that prohibition and codifying the right to organize. But, quote, that doesn't mean we are not allowed to actively take on campaigns to try and improve working conditions while we wait for the legislator to catch up, unquote, said Bollock. Similarly, a bill passed earlier this year opened the doors for some county workers in Colorado to unionize without first needing permission from their bosses. That bill, however, was hard fought. After receiving pushback from Colorado Governor Jared Polis, the negotiations shrank the original intent to give over 250,000 workers the right to unionize down to only 40,000. Bollock plans for the Defenders Union of Colorado to garner enough members to ratify their own bylaws and hold elections for a more formal structure by the end of the year. GOP escalates fight against citizen-led ballot initiatives by David A. Lieb, Associated Press, September 3, 2022. Jefferson City, Missouri Hundreds of thousands of people signed petitions this year backing proposed ballot initiatives to expand voting access, ensure abortion rights, and legalize recreational marijuana in Arizona, Arkansas, 
and Michigan. Yet voters might not get a say because Republican officials or judges have blocked the proposals from the November elections, citing flawed wording, procedural shortcomings, or insufficient petition signatures. At the same time, Republican lawmakers in Arkansas and Arizona have placed constitutional amendments on the ballot proposing to make it harder to approve citizen initiatives in the future. The Republican pushback against the initiative process is part of a several-year trend that gained esteem as Democratic-aligned groups have increasingly used petitions to force public votes on issues that Republican-led legislators have opposed. In reliably Republican Missouri, for example, voters have approved initiatives to expand Medicaid, raise the minimum wage, and legalize medical marijuana. An initiative seeking to allow recreational pot is facing a court challenge from an anti-drug activist aiming to knock it off the November ballot. Some Democrats contend Republicans are subverting the will of the people by making the ballot initiative process more difficult. Quote, what is happening now is just a web of technicalities to thwart the process in states where voters are using the people's tool to make an immediate positive change in their lives, unquote, said Chris Melody Fields Figuardo, executive director of the Ballot Initiative Strategy Center, which has worked with progressive groups sponsoring the blocked initiatives. Quote, that is not the way our democracy should work, unquote, she added. Republicans who have thrown up hurdles to initiative petitions contend they are protecting the integrity of the lawmaking process against well-funded interest groups trying to bend state policies in their favor. Quote, I think the legislator is a much purer way to get things done, and it represents the people much better, rather than having this jungle where you just throw it on the ballot, unquote, said South Dakota State Representative Tim Goodwin, who has perennially targeted the initiative process with restrictions. About half the states allow citizen initiatives in which petition signers can bypass a legislator to place proposed laws or constitutional changes directly before voters. But executive or judicial officials often still have some role in the process, typically by certifying that the ballot wording is clear and accurate and that petition circulators gathered enough valid signatures of registered voters. In Michigan this past week, two Republican members of the bipartisan Board of State Canvassers blocked initiatives to enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution and expand opportunities for voting. Each measure had significantly more than the required 425,000 signatures, but GOP board members said the voting measure had unclear wording and the abortion measure was flawed because of spacing problems that scrunched some words together. Supporters have appealed both decisions to the Michigan Supreme Court, which consists of a majority of Democratic-appointed judges. The Arkansas Supreme Court, whose justices run in nonpartisan elections, is weighing an appeal of an August decision blocking an initiative that would legalize recreational marijuana for adults. The State Board of Election Commissioners, which has just one Democrat among its many Republicans, 
determined that the ballot title was misleading because it failed to mention it would repeal potency limits in an existing medical marijuana provision. Because the deadline has passed to certify initiative titles, the Supreme Court has allowed the measure on the general election ballot while it decides whether the votes will be counted. A lawsuit by initiative supporters contends a 2019 law passed by the Republican-led legislator violates the Arkansas Constitution by allowing the board to reject ballot titles. Quote, the initiative process in Arkansas has gotten consistently harder each cycle as the legislator adds more and more requirements, unquote, said Steve Lancaster, a lawyer for Responsible Growth Arkansas, which is sponsoring the marijuana amendment. It would get even harder if voters support a legislatively referred amendment on the November ballot that would require a 60% vote to approve citizen-initiated ballot measures or future constitutional amendments. In Arizona, the primarily Republican-appointed Supreme Court recently blocked a proposed constitutional amendment that would have extended early voting and limited lobbyist gifts to lawmakers. The measure also would have specifically prohibited the legislator from overturning the results from presidential elections, which some Republicans had explored after then-President Donald Trump's loss in 2020. After a lower court initially ruled the measure could appear on the November ballot, Arizona's high court instructed the judge to reconsider. Then it upheld a subsequent ruling throwing out enough petition signatures to prevent the initiative from qualifying for the ballot. Still on the ballot are several other amendments referred by Arizona's Republican-led legislator. Those measures would limit initiatives to a single subject, require a 60% supermajority to approve tax proposals, and expand the legislator's authority to change voter-approved initiatives. Those proposals come after Arizona Republicans have spent the past decade enacting laws making it more difficult to get citizen initiatives on the ballot. State laws now require petition sheets to be precisely printed and ban the use of a copy machine to create new ones. Other laws require paid circulators to include their registration number on each petition sheet, get it notarized, and check a box saying they were paid. Quote, the effect is to make it much harder, much more expensive to get the signatures to put one of these propositions on the ballot. Unquote, said Terry Goddard, a Democrat who served as the state's attorney general from 2003 through 2011. After years of trying, Goddard finally succeeded this year in getting an initiative on the ballot that would require nonprofit groups that spend large amounts on elections to reveal their donors. Earlier this summer, South Dakota voters defeated a measure that would have made it harder to pass initiatives on taxes and spending. The proposal from the Republican-led legislator would have required a 60% vote to raise taxes or spend over a certain amount of money. Voters rejected the measure by 67%. Quote, 
This just seems like a way to suppress voters, honestly, unquote. Joshua Matzner, a Democrat, said after voting against it. Adams County resident dies of West Nile virus by Karina Gildick, Sentinel Staff Writer, September 1st, 2022. Aurora. An Adams County resident died this week after contracting West Nile virus, according to the Tri-County Health Department. The person was in their 60s and likely died from a complication of an underlying infection, the department said in a news release. This is the first West Nile-related death in Adams County this year and the third in Colorado, according to the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. In Colorado, West Nile season typically runs from May through October, with the majority of cases reported in August and September, the department said. Last year, there were 175 reported cases and 11 deaths. So far this year, there have been 39 reported cases, 29 hospitalizations, and 3 deaths. Four cases have been in Adams County. One has been reported in Arapahoe County. West Nile is spread through mosquito bites, and symptoms include fever, muscle aches, fatigue, and headaches, though most people do not become symptomatic. People over 50 and the immunocompromised are at higher risk, the release said. To protect against mosquitoes, Tri-County recommends using insect repellent, limiting outdoor activities at dusk and dawn when mosquitoes are most active and wearing long pants and sleeves in areas where mosquitoes are active. Quote, our thoughts go out to the family of this Adams County resident, unquote. Tri-County Executive Director Dr. John Douglas said in the release, quote, the increased rain and warmer weather have given mosquitoes an ideal breeding habitat this season. I urge people to take precautions, especially at dawn and dusk when mosquitoes are most active. Unquote. Judge temporarily blocks gun control regulations in Colorado by the Associated Press, August 31st, 2022. Boulder. Boulder County is the second Colorado municipality to be hit with a temporary restraining order by a federal judge over its gun control measures. U.S. District Court Judge Charlotte Sweeney granted the restraining order on Tuesday in a lawsuit brought by the Rocky Mountain gun owners over Boulder County's recent gun control rules that include a ban on assault weapons. It's the fifth lawsuit brought by the gun advocacy group in Colorado, including one targeting the state's 15-round magazine capacity limit, after a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that struck down a New York gun law. The High Court's ruling reinforces the group's belief that the local gun restrictions infringe on Second Amendment rights. The organization promised a wave of lawsuits following the decision. Now. The group is suing the city of Boulder, city of Louisville, and the town of Superior over similar gun restrictions in legal battles that may set the groundwork for future Second Amendment litigation. 
In the motion for a temporary restraining order, the Rocky Mountain gun owner's lawyers cited the temporary restraining order granted by another federal judge against Town of Superior last month. Quote, After the Superior case, it was pretty much a slam dunk for us, unquote, said Taylor Rhodes, Rocky Mountain gun owner's executive director. Quote, We fully expect to win all five of our suits now, unquote. Gloria Handyside, spokesperson for Boulder County, said in a statement, quote, The county plans to present a defense of its ordinance, along with the municipal ordinances, at a preliminary injunction hearing. At the hearing, the county will demonstrate that its assault weapons ordinance is constitutionally sound, unquote. Also on Tuesday, Superior filed an unopposed motion requesting to consolidate the four lawsuits into one. The Rocky Mountain gun owners support the motion and is awaiting a decision from the judge. Man, 20, convicted murdering Aurora couple in 2020 online car sales scam by the Associated Press, September 1, 2022. Aurora an Arapahoe County jury on Wednesday convicted a man of fatally shooting the parents of five children in Aurora who were trying to buy an SUV in 2020 using the online marketplace app LetGo. Arapahoe County jurors convicted Kyrie Brown, 20, of multiple counts, including first-degree murder in the killings of Joe and Jocelyn Rowland on August 14, 2020, KUSA TV reported. The deaths led to a wrongful death suit on behalf of the victim's family that claims Letgo, which has been acquired by OfferUp, was negligent because it allowed the alleged shooter to become a, quote, verified seller, unquote, using a fake name and despite his criminal history. That federal court case is still working its way through the legal system. Authorities say Joseph Rowland was looking for a vehicle for his teenage daughter and found a Toyota RAV4 advertised by a, quote, verified seller, unquote, on LetGo named James Worthy, who was really Brown, then 18. Rowland agreed to meet Brown in a parking lot near a mall in Aurora. When Rowland and his wife, Jocelyn, arrived, Brown told them he had accidentally brought the wrong vehicle title and asked the couple to meet him elsewhere, according to the lawsuit. They followed the man to the address, where Brown was accused of pulling a handgun and shooting the couple after Joseph Rowland tried to wrestle the weapon away. Investigators say the teen then fled with $3,000 in cash the Rowlands had brought with them to pay for the SUV. Brown was arrested about two weeks after the shooting. He faces up to life in prison for the first-degree murder convictions. A sentencing hearing was set for November 21st. LetGo and OfferUp have filed a pending motion to dismiss the lawsuit, arguing, in part, that the company encourages users to exercise caution and use third-party meetup spots like police stations and that users acknowledge there are risks when buying and selling on an internet-based marketplace. The motion argues that LetGo and OfferUp cannot, quote, 
guarantee to each of its millions of users that engaging in real-world transactions with someone initially contacted through an ad posted on the LetGo platform would be entirely free from risk, unquote. Quote, the site provided its users with guidelines for how to buy and sell safely, cautioning that there is always some danger involved in transacting with buyers or sellers who are met initially online, whether on LetGo or some other platform, unquote, the motion states. Aurora attempted murder defendant faces new charges for attacking victim at trial by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, August 30th, 2022. Aurora. After he was found guilty of trying to murder a former acquaintance, an Aurora man faces new felony and misdemeanor charges for allegedly attacking his victim at trial. On Monday, a jury found Daniel Ayala, 29, guilty of attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon following an incident in June 2021 when Ayala struck his victim with a pickup truck. The man was hospitalized in critical condition, and Ayala later admitted to police that he had targeted him on purpose. The victim survived the attack, identified Ayala as his attacker, and went on to testify against Ayala, who faced two felony charges along with two sentence enhancers. Jurors were exposed to unexpected evidence of Ayala's violent behavior during the trial when the defendant, who was free on bond, allegedly jumped over the defense table and began hitting his victim in the face and body. According to a news release from the 18th Judicial District Attorney's Office, Deputy DA's Chandler Newman and Kate Tierney intervened and restrained Ayala. Newman and the victim sustained minor injuries. Quote, Attacking a victim while he is testifying is an insult to our justice system and something no witness should ever have to fear, unquote, Newman said in a statement to reporters. Quote, the victim showed tremendous bravery throughout the trial, and this verdict will finally provide the victim with some closure, unquote. Ayala's bond has since been revoked, and he now faces charges of retaliation against a witness or victim a Class 3 felony, third-degree assault, a Class 1 misdemeanor, and two counts of violation of a protection order, also Class 1 misdemeanors. He is scheduled to be sentenced for the attempted murder case October 28th. Ayala's next appearance for the alleged courtroom attack will be September 15th. Quote, Violence in our courtroom will not be tolerated under any circumstances. Unquote. District Attorney John Kellner said in the news release, quote, I believe the actions of our deputy DAs and multiple citizens in that courtroom saved the victim from sustaining serious injuries. This was a righteous verdict, unquote. Thank you for joining us for the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.